Welcome to the Ben Wood Johnson Podcast. You can visit Dr. Johnson's blog at benwoodpost.com. Dr. Johnson's works can be found at drbenwoodjohnson.com. You can also support Dr. Johnson on Patreon, the link to which is in the description. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Benwood Johnson podcast. Uh, today is March 15th, 2021, and this is podcast number 64. Um, I am happy to have you with me or with us one more time to talk about philosophy. Uh, this week, we are going to continue our conversation about legal obligation. And the topic we're discussing this week is the concept of intrinsic duties. Now, intrinsic duties uh, means that the individual rationalizes his obligation to the extent that the obligation becomes a part of the person. The obligation becomes an identity. Uh, the person thinks that by being this way or that way is who the person is, is who or she is. In other words, uh, the obligation becomes a part of the person. So yeah, th we've talked about obligation to a, to a long extent and, and perhaps we're going to wrap up this conversation and come back to it at later episodes. But, but for now, this is where we are. So without further ado, let us delve right into it. When we're talking about obligation, uh, legal obligation, another important piece of the puzzle of obligation is the concept of intrinsic duties. Now, what do I mean by intrinsic duties? A duty, as the word implies, is an obligation. And intrinsic, as the word implies as well, is a fundamental, it's an innate inclination, proclivity to do or to omit from doing. So in this case, when we're talking about intrinsic duties, we're talking about duties that are inherent in the person. Duties that are intrinsic, that are innate, that are inborn in the individual. So when we are talking about innate or intrinsic duties when it comes to legal obligation, you can see there is a disconnect. Because, as we have discussed in previous podcasts, legal obligation in and of itself must be induced, must be imposed, must be reinforced. And many a times, the only way to enforce that obligation, at least when it is not naturally induced or individually induced, 
there ought to be a threat of force or a use of force, a sheer brute force. So the individual is not naturally inclined to obey or to abdicate the self to a particular obligation in a particular social setting. So when we're talking about intrinsic duties, we're talking about a physical attribution in the individual. And that attribution must be tangible in the sense of it exemplifies the actions or the omissions that the, the individual undertakes as a result of the obligation itself or the legal obligation itself. The obligation itself is not in the abstract, although the theory of obligation, as the name implies, is abstract in essence, but the obligation itself has to be tangible. For example, let's say that you are obligated to say good morning to your parents every morning and you are aware of that obligation. That obligation must become tangible to, to the extent that you actually say good morning to your parents every morning. In other words, one thing is having an obligation to do something or to omit from doing something. And the other thing is to actually do it or not doing it within the context where it is relevant. It has to be relevant. So the obligation itself, regardless of its nature, so long as there is an obligation, it has to be tangible. Okay. So in order for that obligation to be tangible, the individual has to either obligate the self to either do or not to do. The individual has to obligate the self to do or not to do, and it has to be tangible to the extent when it is, or to the extent where it is palpable, it is tangible, it is visible, it is actually there, okay? It can be seen, it can be proven, it can be sort of probed to the extent that one could say this person actually did what was obligated or this person actually didn't do what was obligated to not do, okay? That's what I mean when I talk about intrinsic obligation, at least intrinsic duties. So that duty to do or to omit from doing has to become tangible. But the obligation itself, to get to that point, it has to be conceptualized at the individual level. The obligation has to be conceptualized to the extent that the individual understands what it is that he or she must do or what it is that he or she must not do. In other words, the obligation itself has to be mentally consumed or imagined or envisioned. So the, the obligation is a mental state of being. Because if the individual is not in accordance, at least mentally, with the obligation, the obligation could not be fulfilled.
would not come to pass. In other words, you will not do what it is that you are supposed to do. You will not obligate yourself to either do or not to do if you don't understand the need to do or not to do. In other words, you have to become conscious of your obligation. You have to become aware of your obligation. And that is the whole point uh, you know, when we're talking about an obligation being implied at birth or a social contract being implied just for the mere fact that you are in a society which is ludicrous and on its face. Uh, let's, let's face it. You, you didn't ask to be born and you didn't ask to be born this way, that way, this place, that place, or this manner, in that manner, or, or in, in that particular persona. In other words, you, you didn't ask to be you. Why being me should imply in a, a contract to be a certain way? It's just ludicrous, this idea. Yet, again, that is the foundation of, of, of Western philosophy. Okay, now I wouldn't say Western philosophy. It's it's everywhere. That's 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 the foundation of our civilization. We understand ourselves that way, which is a, mis- a misreading of of our, of our reality, right? But the obligation has to be a mental process. It has to be a mental state of being where the individual understands the need to be, right? And that is why. Again, going back to the concept of being conscious, you could not ask somebody who is going through a mental state or an altered state of mind to be responsible, to obligate the self to be. You could ask someone who is schizophrenic to obligate the self to do certain things that are, I'm going to use a very dirty word here, a rational person would do. And I say a dirty word because, you know, the concept of rationality, we could debate this all the way from here to Rome. Okay, we could debate it all the way from here to Rome. So, again, if you go back, listen to my previous podcast, you'll understand what I mean when I say that. But still, the you couldn't obligate somebody who is irrational in their thoughts, uh, in their thinking, to obligate themselves to either do or not to do, right? It's ludicrous on its face. That is why when we're talking about an intrinsic duty, that duty has to be a part of the person. Because if it is not part of the person, if the person doesn't make out his responsibilities, either to be or not to be, or to do or not to do, intrinsically, meaning it is not part of the person's psyche, it is going to be very hard to make the person see or perhaps understand the need to be or not to be. So that is why the obligation has to be intrinsic. And that is why we have to take it all the way back to the child. We have to take it all the way back to the uh, the so-called blank slate. We have to take it all the way back. It is like uh, being raised in the wild, okay? Being raised in, in an atmosphere where there are little to no boundaries, limits as to who you should be or how you could be, right? And all of a sudden, you find yourself in an environment where the whole structure of this environment is is controlled, is is uh, is, is 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 put under a particular magnifying glass. In other words, you find yourself in a box. 
you could call that box society. And yet you could call that box modern society because every aspect of modern society is seclusion, is bondage, imprisonment. Now, a lot of people don't understand it or they understand it to the extent when, or where they rationalize it, where they say to themselves, it's okay to be in bondage so long as I have my freedom, which is a complete cacophony when you look at the word. You cannot be in bondage to be free, right? The idea that I am going to be in, a, in the most advanced world, the most advanced society, and I'm going to enjoy freedom as a result, it's completely ludicrous. Yet people and so-called intellectuals believe in that nonsense, and they repeat it over and over again. And it's always funny to me. Like I said, it's not funny, ha-ha, but it's funny, really? Is that what freedom is to you? You're on bondage, you got credit cards, you got house payments, you've got uh, rules to follow, all these to do, yet you're free? Then you don't even understand what the word freedom means. I mean, go and ask uh, some, some wild animals or some animals in the wild. Say, hey, dude, are you free when you roam, and you roam through this, this place, you know, at ease, at will, whatever? And this animal's gonna go, I'm not free because I got some, some lions to, to, to worry about. You know, I got diseases to worry about. You know, I got all sorts of predators to worry about. Yet, compare yourself, your situation to that animal, that animal would be freer than you are. But you think you are free. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's amazing. Like, like somebody who lives in a modern society, who is secluded from head to toe, thinks he's free. Or is talking about freedom as if it's something he or she's entitled to. Yet, the person is secluded in his mind. But the individual rationalizes that seclusion to the extent where it becomes an intrinsic duty. The individual, intrins the, the, the individual thinks he's free, but he rationalizes not being free as being free. And that's what we're talking about here. When we're talking about an intrinsic duty, it has to become a mental state where you, in your mind, you think it is okay to be obligated to do X, Y, and Z. You think it is part of who you are. It is part of your nature to be in bondage, whether it's an economic bondage or any sorts of bondage. You think it is okay to be in these conditions. And that is what we mean when we're talking about intrinsic duties, right? Now, we are not going to spend a lot of time on this concept because it is going to be redundant to the extent that aspects of what we are saying today we've talked about in previous broadcasts. But the topic itself is important, so we have to cover it. But, you know, just to recap, when we're talking about an intrinsic duty, we're talking about a mental assessment of the self in relation to others, okay? Whereby the individual understands his need to be a certain way. And as the individual obligates the self, the individual sort of rationalizes that obligation to the extent it becomes a part of the being. And that's what I call an intrinsic duty, to the extent that the, the, the duty itself becomes a part of the being. The being obligates the self, not necessarily because he or she has been inculcated, has been induced to do so. It, at some point, the individual obligates the self as a result of the previous processes. So that forced, if you will, obligation, that intrinsic duty is a discovery, okay? It's a discovery to the extent that the individual has to realize the need to be. Of course, uh, certain times it could create a sense of fallibility in the individual 
where the individual realizes that, hey, look, I'm, I'm a nobody here. I am nothing here. I'm just a pawn in a game. And whatever the game is, the architecture of the game, but I'm just a part of that game, okay? And when the individual reaches that point, it could sometimes create a sense of, a sense of uselessness where the individual sees himself as being unworthy. And we're not going to get into the psychology of, 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 of dominion, of hegemony, the psychology of supremacy, of superiority of individuals. But oftentimes, that duty, at least that intrinsic duty, becomes a, a source of supremacy individual. Whereby the individual first obligates the self and then obligates others, forces others to obligate themselves. And that obligation sometimes is based on the supremacy where the individual feels like he is doing the right thing. He is being the right way. It's either you are that way or you are not. And if you are that way, and if you can be that way, that raises your level of importance, or in other words, that raises your worthiness as a person. And if you cannot be that way, it lowers your worthiness. It is just the same example as people living in modern societies, especially in, in Western environments, where the individual assumes that because he lives in a secluded box, yeah, that he is somewhat or somehow better than thou, and he thinks everybody else is a savage, right? So you're gonna see this Western worldview that somehow they know better than everybody else. Like they know better about democracy, they know better about culture, they know better about uh, you know society, they know better. Yet they are in bondage. Yes, they are secluded somewhere in a box somehow they think they're freer than anybody else. Isn't that amazing? This is the foundation of your society. This is the foundation of our world. It's a world of lies, ludicrous nonsense. It's a world of lies, fallacies. Okay. Oftentimes the individuals, the so-called better persons, they know they're full of it. Sometimes they know. And other times they just don't. They've sort of been inculcated that understanding and they have rationalized it to the extent then where they believe, really believe that's who they are. They really believe that somehow their skin tone makes them better individuals, better human beings. They really believe that. They also believe that somebody else's skin tone makes that individual lesser human being, you know? And don't get me started when, on, the, on the issue of racism, okay? Because I've talked about that so many times. There's no need to belabor that point. You know, it's, it's, it's a concept that is falsely understood, grossly misunderstood. And when you hear folks talk about racism, it, it's a laugh. I mean, trust me, it is. And in my view, most people don't know what they're talking about when they're talking about racism. And usually it's not because they couldn't know what they're talking about. Sometimes it's, as Jean-Paul Sartre would say, bad faith. They just don't want to know what they want to talk about because the reality is right in front of them. Yet they're going to try to tell you that some groups somehow are worse than others. And they rationalize our understanding to just bring that out and tell you this is what this is. When in fact, if you look at it, 
you know, really deeply on a profound level, you'll say, hey, look, I've seen black people do the worst to other black people. We don't call them racist, yet they are, if by our definition of what racism is. And I've seen white people do the worst to white people, and we don't call them racist, and in fact it is. You know? And you can always go back to history. I mean, if you ask yourself what, what Hitler was doing to the Jews, what would that, how would you describe this if, it, if it's not racism? Just, just, just go back and look at what Hitler did to a bunch of people that he somehow saw as inferior. What was that? Okay? You could give it other names, but in my book, that's racism. So there are plenty of instances in history where people of the same skin tone, same sometimes culture, same background, um, do insane thing to one another, yet we don't call that racism. But for a particular political narrative, we're gonna say, well, this group is a racist and that group is not, you know? For a particular political narrative, because that's usually what that is, is a political narrative behind this idea. And I'm not buying into that. Again, go back to the intrinsic duty. You have to get to a mental state where you rationalize your thoughts. You rational, rationalize your thinking to the extent when you say to yourself, this is the right way to do this. This is the right way to be. And anybody who does not fit that mold according to your understanding, is somehow or somewhat inferior. So the, the duty itself has to be entrenched. It has to become a part of your mental state. It has to become a part of your psyche, a part of who you are. And you rationalize that being to the extent when it is part of who you are. And you demand others to be that way. And those who are not are in your book, inferior or incapable of being civilized. Therefore, they're savages, according to your understanding. But you, who is being as, as much as savage as the word itself could apply, but you don't see yourself that way. That is how you conceptualize your obligation to be a certain way. And you conceptualize others' obligation to be a certain way. Now, we have to understand that once an obligation becomes intrinsic to the extent that it becomes a part of the being, it will never go away. Once the being conceptualized or rationalized his state of being, his way of being, it, it becomes part of that person's identity. And that is why it is virtually impossible to tell a supremacist that he's actually not superior in any way, shape or form. He will not get it. In the same way, if you tell somebody who is in bondage, who is secluded somewhere, and who believes that it's the right way to be, it is virtually impossible to tell that person, hey, you're in bondage. You know, it is virtually impossible because the person has rationalized that state of being. It, the person becomes that, that state of being. Right? Think about it. If you're not in the situation, let's say, you're not, let's say you are not a slave, okay? And you know people who are slaves. And you wonder, well, why is this individual accepts that state of slavery? Well, I would never allow anybody. I would never be somebody's slave. I would never be a slave. Well, here's the thing. I got to break it to you, brother. You are a slave. You're probably not a slave to the extent that the other is. But you are a slave. Perhaps the other 
conceptualizes or rationalizes his or her state of slavery to the extent when he or she cannot separate the self from that state. And you, for some reason, you're able to. Or perhaps you're not to the degree, you're not a slave to the degree when that's all, that's all you are. But you are a slave to some extent. You're a slave of your nature. You're a slave of your, your, your biology. You're a slave of certain things. You're probably not a slave of certain other things. But there are certain things about you that you have absolutely no control. You only have to be that way. So there are people who find themselves in a situation when they sort of rationalize that state of being as being a part of them, as part of who I am. My mother was like that. My grandmother was like that. My father was like that. And I am like this. Therefore, there's nothing I can do about it. That is an intrinsic duty you have. That, that is a perfect example of intrinsic duty where the individual internalized that state of being, at least internalized his or her duty to be a certain way. And that is one of the most difficult, like I said before, it is somewhat impossible to break. But it can be broken. People have broken from, from those states of being before. So it is not totally impossible to break from being a mental slave and to sort of break free from it. But it is very hard, if not almost impossible. Because once the person has rationalized the state of being in bondage as being free many a time, because the person has said to himself, well, you know, that's the best way to be in this particular circumstance, in this particular situation, then it becomes a part of the person, it becomes that person's identity. So the, the duty itself has become intrinsic, okay? So it is important to understand that, that, that sometimes it is very hard to break free from that state of being. But every duty, be it legal or else, has to become intrinsic in the person. Uh, the person has to somewhat, somehow rationalize that state of being where the individual believes, genuinely believe that this is who I am, this is who I should be, this is who you are, this is who you should be, and therefore I should always obligate myself to be that way. So an intrinsic duty is an unnatural obligation, an unnatural duty, which the person rationalizes to a point where it becomes a part of the being. It becomes a part of the person. And the person obligates the self at the mental level, where the being believes, generally, that this is who I am, and this is who I was supposed to be. And the person is always going to obligate the self to be that way. It is a very difficult cycle to break, but once the person has reached that point, it becomes an intrinsic duty to be this way or that way. But that obligation has to be mentally rationalized. It has to be mentally induced to the extent when or where the individual is that obligation. The individual is that duty. Ooh.